Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! So let's dive in to the biggest news piece of the week, and that is that there is apparently rumoured to be Backstage heat on Nia Jax. Not old Nia. Not old Nia. Not lovely Nia. Lovely Nia. Lovely, Former... lovely Nia. My, fa- my personal favourite, Your... Nia Jax. Is she your personal favourite? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, there apparently is some backstage heat on Nia Jax. Sorry, I'm just making my notes a little bit bigger here so I can actually read them. Um, so this was has been reported by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. So instantly people who listen to Bruce Pritchard are going to tell you that it's wrong. But um, he hasn't reported this in the Wrestling Observer newsletter or on Twitter or anything like that. It's very interesting. He's reported this on the Wrestling Observer message boards. Oh, I was going to say Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat. Yeah, it's on he the, seems like so, the kind of guy who would use Snapchat. It's on the forum, essentially. which And it's really odd that it's in this. So I think it's kind of like fallen under the radar of a lot of news mm. sites and stuff. And it's kind of been picked up quite recently by cage side seats and, and things like that. That's so this was a story that we didn't report on when it was originally happening because for me I would argue it's not news and it was no. along the lines of that like uh, Nia Jax stopped following Alexa Bliss on Twitter and on Instagram what I know well and then it gets more and then there was someone made a comment mm. on I think it was either Nia Jax's uh, page or <coughs> Alexa Bliss's like something like that and the comments said that Alexa alluded to that Alexa Bliss is only in the position she's in because she's sleeping around and she's kind of sleeping with the higher uppers in order to get this position. And Nia Jax liked that comment. Ooh. So that obviously comes up in a feed to say like Nia Jax liked this person's comments saying mm. all this sort of stuff. So we didn't report on this as news because to me it's not massively it feels very playground yeah well exactly yeah. like it feels like there should be bigger stuff to that but a lot of people thought that there was some real life heat between alexa bliss and nia Jax. Mm. alexa bliss followed this up i'm guessing because a lot of people were asking her on twitter is there heat between you and nia Jax?" and she replied very simply dot 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 no which is almost similar to randy orton with dot 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 dive dot 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 no mm. and that seemed to be uh, the end of it she then followed it up with a tweet it was an image that said maturity is learning to walk away from people and situations that threaten your peace of mind self-respect values morals or self-worth so that was a couple of days later then alexa bliss got a tattoo she got a tattoo in white ink um which i think is popular with the uh, the youth of today where white you, ink white ink yes yeah, so you don't see it Oh. That, I mean, that's what you want from a tattoo, an, right? A, what, an invisible tattoo? Is what she's yeah, she's got to no... get it in invisible ink. <laughs> exactly. Only shows up under UV light. Yeah, it's like Acme ink. Yeah, like, <laughs> you need it's the like right bedspread in CSI. <laughs> exactly. So she's got a tattoo in semen that can only be seen. <laughs> she's got a tattoo in evidence. <laughs> in evidence uh, that says, "I am enough." Like that, so she's got that. It's just for her. That's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. If that's what you want to do, if you've got a white ink tattoo, then more power to you. Yep. It's not for me. I've got other. I've got tattoos that are in black ink, and you can see them. Mm. I have but, no tattoos. But that, as Ollie Davis, as yeah, everyone knows. But that is just me. Um, and Naya, not replying to this, not really alluding to this, uh, just put up a tweet that said, "For someone that doesn't care what anyone thinks, it's weird that they have to go out and get a tattoo that says they're enough." Mm. So. A lot of people, in the, and then you know, everyone's saying, like, do you know what? 
it's just a work. They're currently feuding. This, it smells worky to me. It smells it's, it's worky got, to me. Yeah. I mean, Nia Jax has changed her name on Twitter, which obviously a lot of people kind of put a lot of um, stock into in terms of, you know, this, that, and the other, and it might mean something. It might... Someone's leaving or something. Well, exactly, yeah. And there thing, was yeah. that report last year that she walked out on WWE because she was upset with her current direction, which mm. we're not sure was true or not because she did eventually come back, but there yep. was all this sort of story and stuff, and I think The Rock was involved in it somehow. And... So this kind of sort of all ties together, I feel. And Alexa Bliss isn't on. The other thing is that people think it's a work for Total Divas. Right. For the new series of Total Divas, because they're doing the thing with John Cena and Nick... Uh, John, yeah, John Cena and Nikki Bella. Mm. 100% that's a work. Like, mm. that is... what It's all for a reality TV show. And this also feels like... Bless it, them in their whole lives. Exactly, yeah. Bless their whole lives having to be reality TV. Oh, no, it seems awful, doesn't it? At least it? people on Love Island get to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and be D-list celebrities for about two years. Um, so, where was I? So, okay, so there is, so that's all this, and people thought, maybe it's a t- uh, Total Divas thing, but Alexa Bliss isn't on the latest series of Total Divas. She dun, is... Dun, dun, dun. I know, right? It gets, it gets, you know, the plot gets thicker. So, she is not on the next season of Total Divas, and the E! cameras were not following her around WrestleMania weekend. They were following mm. everyone else, the other cast, but not Alexa Bliss. So there's all these things like, has Alexa Bliss got the backstage heat? Then... Dave Meltzer replied to this on the Wrestling Observer forums that just simply said, Nia has backstage heat. This is not a work. Mm. And then a few people replied to it, and he's uh, saying, is this anything to do with Total <coughs> Divas? And he replied, this has nothing to do with Total Divas. What? Now, I thought that he would expand upon this in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, and he hasn't. So, no. this is so all maybe we- he's sort of backtracking silently maybe you know it is I mean? yeah he's, he's made these comments and because he hasn't said anything on um, social media as far as I can tell mm. and he hasn't put anything in the newsletter I don't think he said anything on the radio shows either so is their backstage heat between Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss based on all of the evidence I have presented in front the of evidence. you uh, looking at the evidence with my CSI yeah blue Catch, light catching Alexa Bliss <laughs> yeah. a tattoo um, catching uh, seeing a, just a tattoo and various <laughs> semen apparently yep um I don't know. It's one of those things. Is like I feel like this is almost one step too far to be tweeting that kind of stuff and liking a tweet that suggests you're sleeping with the higher ups. I just feel like that is you are going to be in a violation of some sort of policy with WWE immediately for doing that. Any suggestion that you're you know shagging around to get get a boost, I think they would be coming down on incredibly hard, and she would be straight out the door. I just don't feel like this is. Even it, this has to be a signed off work to some dis- to some degree for this to be fine. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise they're going to be like this is this violate this must. I know they're probably not a company that has HR as we've discussed previously, <laughs> but this has to violate some sort of like you know you can't be doing that to everyone else. Well, exactly, they are they are a company that are very hot on what people do on social media and the, mm. the people that they interact with and the people that they respond to and there are you know people often Well, get, they're very smart about they're it. They're very well, smart about like, it. Absolutely very smart about it. So it does seem like the sort of thing that if she when she liked that comment that really would have probably put some hot water on her. Mm. Some theorists may want to... I mean, I'm not saying this, but some tinfoil hat people might want to say, like, that's why she lost the title. I don't know if that's the well, case. But yeah. I think that was more the Ronda thing than anything else. Yes. I think they booked themselves into a corner with that match and they needed a way out. Well, I think that's I think that's the... you know, And that, that was the, the other point I was going to come to on this, is that the idea with her dropping the title, the only person she could have lost it to was Alexa because you can't you can't give it to Ronda. Ronda needs to appear. She needs to be in something that seems meaningful. This is the corner you've booked yourself into. Alexa is the only way out of that corner that saves their big money prospect for the future, which is Ronda Rousey. So unfortunately for Nia, she has to drop the title to Alexa, which obviously probably for her, as someone who's clearly passionate about the business, she it was very emotional when she won the title. It's gonna upset her, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So maybe there is. She has got backstage heat because she's probably been quite rightly upset about this. But unfortunately, this is just a fact of the business in this sense that something has happened that just means that she had to. Yes, exactly. You know, she could have also got injured at some point, and and she would have to. And you would be equally annoyed at that. It's it's just a shame that it's not her story that's booking her to have to lose her title. You know, it's someone else's eventual rise it's not even happening right now you know we have to write her out for this we have to write her out in money in the bank then we have to suspend her for long enough so she can come back and have a match that she's worked on and 
practiced mm. or whatever. It's just a shame that all of that is about Ronda and not about Nia. And the only way for it to sort of work is that Nia has to drop the title that she's only just won, really. Yeah, yeah and that's it. And I, I, she very much, I feel bad for Nia in the sense that she very much is the third <clears throat> wheel in this feud at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Like, she is the, she is the challenger for the championship at mm. Extreme Rules, but it's all being built on Ronda's return and Ronda getting her hands on Alexa Bliss. Like, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it feels like Nia really is a, she's a non-factor in this match. Yeah. Like, the, it may as well just be an angle rather mm. than, than, than actually be a match. Well, it's a shame because Alexa, I think, was the safe choice there. You know, what I think WWE looked at that and they just went, let's just return to the status quo from pre-WrestleMania. <laughs> yes. yeah, I mean, and that we, we know that works, so let's just do that. Let's just do it again. Oh, on, <laughs> on Raw? <laughs> Doing it again? No. I know, beggars believe sometimes. So, I mean, I don't... I mean, they are. They, the reports always were, and actually, they've always said that they were the best of friends. They were literally best friends in mm. IRL. They were the best of buds, and they, some bits here and some bits there do make you go like, "Oh, is it a work? Is it mm. a shoot? Is it this? Is it that?" Meltzer's very like. I, I wonder if either. As you say, he's sort of backtracking on these sorts of things. He's just said these things and be like, Do you know what, I, 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 I'm not going to say anything else. Or is he just like he, which Meltzer often does, gathers more sources, gathers mm. more information before he posts on something. Because I, I mean, I've known firsthand that there is stuff that Dave Meltzer knows for a fact. And that person who has said to that fact is like saying, this is what has happened. Yeah, this yeah. is a fact from the, you know, from the horse's mouth. But he is not reporting it. I don't, to this day, I don't think he ever has reported it because he wanted to make sure he got some more information on it, got other people to yeah. kind of corroborate well, the doing journalism it's rather doing, than... Exactly, it's doing journalism it's, rather than doing what we're doing. Yeah, it was doing a journalism rather than speculating on people's social media posts. But <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's but, what a ramble is for <laughs> and not a uh, actual journalistic piece of coverage. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back, to the, back to the fray. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so we'll wrap this up then before we move on to other topics. Um, I, I mean, do you think that this is... I mean, where do you think this could be leading? If it, if it is a work? If it's a work, I think it... I think it, it's just sort of causing a little bit of friction before this match, the next match at Extreme Rules. Uh, but that's probably about it. I think it's it's just keeping it on the boil. And then the potential is down the line... Because I, th I think Ronda's probably going to win the title at SummerSlam, I guess. Yeah, SummerSlam seems like a. Great it reason. seems like the only, like the only thing, unless they're going to keep doing like, oh, I got suspended again. Like <laughs> they could do that for ages, and then I guess you could put the title back on Nia at some point. But I think the the like you said, the story here is going to be Alexa and Ronda, and some eventual mauling that happens. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it it I think Nia's probably this is the other thing. She's probably also just keeping herself in the picture. If this, if she has gone off piste with all of this stuff, she's just keeping herself in the conversation. Yes, off piste I think is a perfect way to describe this. If this is she is going into business for herself, because none of this stuff that they have done here. I mean, obviously they wouldn't do the first thing with the Instagram mm. uh, stuff, but things like Nia unfollowing her on Twitter or Nia making these posts, like WWE would be all over that. Like Michael mm. Cole would be spouting it on commentary and saying all this Absolutely, stuff, yeah. and they'd have they'd have worked it into the storyline. So that's the other side of me that thinks that maybe this is more leaning towards the shoot side of things than than work. But at the same time, there isn't really enough to go on. All we've got is essentially Meltzer has posted eight words across two forum posts mm. for us to really build up a solid ground on. But I think it's very interesting. Well, it will be interesting to see what happens the next time we see Nia. Yes, on television. Because that's the thing, this could all be seeding, and then it will come out on Raw, that, and that's when we're going to get Michael Cole doing 200 lines about it yes. over the top of a match or something, you know. <laughs> not actually like, calling like, the match. Yeah, not actually calling the match, just talking about Twitter instead. <laughs> but maybe that maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe this is all set up for some, some future plan, because we haven't seen Nia for a while, so I guess it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Who knows? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So often we get a lot of requests to talk more about 205 Live and NXT, particularly if there's a good match on. Like the last time we got a lot of requests was when they had these uh, Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, Murphy Cruiserweight Championship match on NXT and the six man, uh, sorry, 205 Live and the six man from NXT last week. I haven't actually watched this week's NXT as of the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on a Thursday. I haven't watched it yet, but I've been told that it's quite good. And my girl Dakota Kai has a match, so therefore it's a five out of five episode already. But um, Bonza, Bonza. So, but we so we thought we would talk about two hundred five live right. and a man who, if Alexa has been <laughs> sleeping her way to the top, is going to be pretty miffed. Yeah, he might not be all happy with yeah, this. Yeah. Turns hmm. out the best kept secret was not him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was her. Uh, yeah, allegations. Yeah. So. It was, of course, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali in a no-DQ match from this week's 205 Live. So if you are in the SmackDown audience for that week, this is more or less the main event that you got for the evening because Mm. you got your two-hour SmackDown. Then you got the most exciting hour of television, according to um, Spud. According to Rockstar Spot, was he calling himself these days? Drake Maverick. Jake Maverick, that's it, yeah. Drake Maverick. So, according to, yeah, so Drake Maverick, all I was telling you, it's this really awesome thing. So they had that hour then, and then they had, um, I believe, Sanity and Almas in a dark match. Or, or Almas may have wrestled the earlier dark match, and I think Sanity had a dark match later in the evening. Uh, so, but that's, that was technically the main event. But this was effect- effectively the main event of television tapings you, for the night. And you know what? It should have been. Yes, because... Because <laughs> it was this, utterly fantastic. This was a very good wrestling match. Yeah, no, well, that's the thing. Because like, 205, I think like sometimes they struggle in the sense that a lot some of their matches are a bit squashy. It's a lot of like uh, local competitors or... Like this week it was uh, Leo Rush coming out to watch Akira T- Tozawa have a pretty easy match yeah. and then sort of interrupting at the end, setting up a bit of stuff. TJP... Uh, lost to Noam Dar. Lost to Noam Dar in seconds. Yeah. Uh, Noam Dar also looking fantastic, mate. Looking yeah. absolutely fantastic. And uh, I, I was gutted <laughs> I wasn't there for the second night of the UK Championship when tournament he out, when yeah. he made his return. And he's now the new number one contender for the, uh, he is, the United yeah. Kingdom oh, champion. So he's great. Very happy for, for Noam Dar. Yeah, so that, that that was they were both like they were both good, but they were just they were story. They were just setting some stuff up. Uh and then this match happens. Um, and it's but this was a number one contenders match, wasn't it? Effectively, yeah. I don't Effectively, know. They, I think I, they suggested that Mustafa Ali would be next in line, but it was mostly for sort of bragging rights. Yeah, I think it was the culmination of their feud because uh, Ali knocked him out of the cruiserweight championship tournament, mm-hmm. and then uh, Murphy beat him in a number one contenders mm. match to face Alexander after WrestleMania. 
And so this was sort of like seen as the rubber match. It was like yep. the, you know, to settle the score, but they were very much implying on commentary that whoever comes out of this is going to be, you know, almost next, next in line to face against Alexander. Well, and they've or they both had fantastic matches against Alexander as uh, well yeah. already. So. Having said that, like um, Hideo Itami is facing Alexander for the title next week, which I'd imagine Alexander will likely retain. Yes, um, I think he's going to hold it for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, like in the in their feud, it it had been quite extreme already, I think. And this, that was the setup. Is this is that, you know, the the idea was that Mustafa Ali had almost broken Buddy Murphy's arm in the first yes. match, and that's why he couldn't hit Murphy's law because he couldn't lift him. Yeah, and then he returned the favor to a degree in the next match, and then this no DQ match was to sort of let them get all the extreme stuff out of the way. But they also still worked it quite smartly in telling a story because the the story of the match essentially was like they did a lot of crazy spots at the start but then it was Buddy Murphy working over Ali's back in the same way that Ali had worked over uh, Murphy's arms so he couldn't mm. do Murphy's law he was working over his back so he couldn't do the um, his inverted 450 yeah the 054 and that actually played up later in the match Ali got the you know got the advantage and then couldn't climb and he actually had to find another way instead to beat him mm. and there were some pretty crazy spots within this like with the opening seconds Ali had done a moonsault off the top rope to the outside it was a front flip you know from the top rope to the outside before the bell had even rung yeah so this was like, it was uh, the, some of the spots were just um, I thought it was so inventive as well it was it was it was seeing people do something like the steps is such a I think the steps are boring normally like people just do push you in the steps I'll do a move where like I'll do a Superman punch where I jump off the steps I'll you know a little bit of that sort of stuff or you pick them up and you bash people with them. Yeah, everything they did with the steps wasn't that. No, it was. It was, yeah. it was just all very clever working with one bit of equipment, and then obviously the table later on. But there was the, the so the they initially sort of put them in the ring, and then uh, Murphy does sliding drop kick into it, knocking it into Ali. He then runs into the ropes, flips off the steps over the top to the outside, Big old flip which dive. is which is in, which is. Just incredible. They set them up in the corner like they normally do with a table, and they spend about five minutes throwing each other into it. Yep. Uh, they did a superplex off the top of them. Yes. Yeah, which so it required a lot of referee holding. It very much <laughs> it was. It was essentially had to hold this. I was going, yeah. get down from there. Like yeah, holding yeah, it up with one foot over it. Like, <laughs> get down. It's like that AJ. I can't remember which AJ Styles match it was now, but there was a moment when he ripped up the um, the mats around mm. the ring, but it, he couldn't get it to stay up. So the referee essentially had to stand on the mats for him, like because he fold, folded yeah. it over so he could stand there and go like, "No, don't do a move on there." Yeah. It's like, mate, you're letting him do yeah. it. You're holding. You're it helping open. him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the referee had to very much hold it. Someone they always hold the ladders as well, <laughs> and I was like sneakily holding the ladders, being like, "Go down!" And they did this big old superplex off the top of the steps, which ended up being higher than the ropes itself. So it was actually mm. a very very impressive spot. And the end of it actually saw Ali do this big old sort of tornado DDT from the top of the like steps, tilt a while yeah. DDT off the steps to win the match very very cool match the crowd weren't massively into it though they kind of popped for big they stuff. did they they got i think they were into it but they were also being they were, too much of a, they were trying to be a personality and it was like you don't need to you need to calm down i think what 205 live often suffers from and this is not exactly the hottest take in the world is that because it's taped after smackdown everyone has seen technically all the stars yeah, yeah because smackdown is the one that's on tv 205 live isn't the cruiserweights aren't featured on raw anymore they're not featured mm. you know they've never been featured on smackdown so these guys that come out like akira Tozawa comes out the large portion of this crowd aren't going to be the hardcore fan base that subscribe mm. to the network and are then hardcore enough to not only subscribe to the network but also watch 205 live yeah and you can see that as well because like, he tries to get the ah 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 chance yeah. and it doesn't go anywhere anymore yeah. like it used to get like at least when just after the Cruiserweight Classic and just as they were appearing on Raw more and more frequently, people were into it. People did it. Yeah, exactly. And he was champion. He was with Titus Worldwide. Yeah. They, they were into it then, but he hasn't been on TV completely cooled off. Same thing with Noam Dar. Like, Noam Dar makes his big return. and It's flat. Yeah. It's flat. The only way that TJP was getting heat is because he was saying, this town smells. Yeah, and, he was, yeah. and crowds often booed that. And it was quite evident during this match because although the action was really great, this crowd just kept chanting for tables they were just like and it was really funny so it was my my favorite part of the match but for all the wrong reasons mm. because it was just like this crowd sucks so they're stacking up these stairs and they're doing all these spots with the stairs the crowd are chanting a we want tables and then b started chanting no more stairs no more stairs no more stairs because they were tired of tired quote of seeing stair spots they wanted to see table spots then 
when they did the stair spot, they chanted, "This is awesome." Yeah. I was like, "So it turns out you didn't want tables, yeah, did you? you? Did. And you actually you want wanted stairs. It. You did want a stairs spot." So the crowd wasn't very good, but they did. They were they popped for all the big moments and things like that. So that that helps matters. It's a show like. I'm, I've said this before, and we were talking about this just before we came in. That it would be so good if Two Hundred Five was just filmed at Full Sail, and I think it would be it would be better for everyone. Like it, it, it doesn't need to be. Obviously, then they would have to fill the other hour of the live event that they're doing when they do SmackDown. But it would be so much better for as a product if it was just done at yeah. Full Sail, or recording it before SmackDown. So the yeah. crowd are hot anyway because they're all excited to be at the show. Well, the problem first... is people are still trickling in, though. That's a, if, if people know it's first and it's SmackDown isn't actually starting for an hour, they'll just do what they what I do at the cinema, which is I'm not coming just wait, in. Yeah. I'm just going to come in when the film starts. Yeah, like, you know. yeah, I mean, if I don't want to watch the trailers this week, I'm coming in when the film starts. Well, when we went to go see uh, Raw in London, mm. um, when they were over here um, just after WrestleMania. I remember it well. We decided that we were just going to go to Five Guys and get burgers rather than watch main events. Because because why wouldn't you? Yeah, the, que- the queues were quieter for starters, and it's main event. I mean, we did miss the authors of pain, you know. So I was gutted about that. So there is always that. But so I think there is always that worry word as well. But I think the place is usually quite full. So that is an option is to do it before SmackDown. But mm. the more preferred option, which I'm with you on this one, is taping it at full sale yeah. because that full sale crowd is 100% filled with the hardcore fans that subscribe to the network mm. and not only subscribe to the network but also watch. 205 Live and NXT because you've got to remember as well that although there are um, 1.3 million subscribers I think that's the number it might be something like that 1.3 maybe 1.5 a roughly I don't know maybe half of that audience probably watch NXT yeah maybe even less than that I think most people are there for pay-per-views that's That's it most people have this I I got my subscription initially just for pay-per-views yes and then it's since branched out into everything and obviously like doing this you have to watch everything so yeah that's kind of how it all started but i think also with 205 if it was at full sale i think there's just a better quality of audience reaction in a smaller venue yes and i I just think like it's it's not even you know saying oh big crowds are nasty like or horrible people it's like actually just because you're in a stadium the ripples of the way that chants go because there's pockets of people rather than the whole crowd doing something. So yes, when Daniel Bryan comes out and everyone's going, yes, 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 it sounds amazing. But if only a few people are into it, it doesn't sound like anything because yeah. it's so... like It'll be people up the back saying it and those mics aren't going to pick it up. Full yeah. sale, everyone gets into it because there's just less people in a more confined space and it feels like more of an atmosphere as an audience. I Personally, as like someone who would go to an indie show anyway. I always find they have much more atmosphere than seeing WWE in a stadium because seeing WWE in a stadium feels so distant and vacant. And if they haven't got a Titantron up, like for a WWE live event or whatever, it's even worse because you you're only watching the ring. You can't really see what the action is because you're yeah. miles away because that's the, that's the size of venue that they, they are booking things in. Exactly. And I think something like this, this Ali-Buddy Murphy match, if this had happened on a takeover, if this had happened in oh, full yeah. sale this would have been like everyone would have been talking about this match as like one of the best matches WWE have put on all year now, I've, I've, it I've, definitely it definitely I, is and as I've well. seen a lot of you know there were a lot of people on the Wrestling Observer boards that were saying like it's you know the third best match of the year behind the Gargano uh, Champa matches I'm not sure if I'd put them up put it up that high I'd say it's, it's probably like top five there's been Probably there's a lot of stuff in Takeover that's been very good yeah exactly like the ladder match mm. and I really enjoyed it um, and then the UK Championship has also usurped some of that Steam as well, like exactly, the, the six-man yeah. tag, and that is incredible. So I think that it would possibly I enjoyed it more than I did the Cedric Alexander title match because you had all the big spots and all the big mm. like. And the, so one of the spots in the match, which we haven't actually talked about yet, is so they set up the table to yeah. the announcers' table, and then Buddy Murphy is on the guardrail that's behind the table, looking like he's going to do some sort of splash yeah. on Ali, who's prone. And Ali runs up, jumps onto the table, jumps onto the barricade, then does a Spanish fly off the barricade onto the table which doesn't break and it's just like oh we look rough and then mm. it just sort of like crunched and fell to the floor and I was like well that I feel like that table was supposed to break mm. and hopefully break that fall but actually it looked like it just hurt so much more well because they'd, they'd done a Spanish flight off the announce table in their previous yeah. match onto the floor yes yeah, so this was taking it, so the this next was taking it at, to the next step it was, it was an unbelievable match and I think it's, it's so worth watching but I just yeah I wish it had the audience for it because it's just That's like it, yeah. it does, if that had just been on Smackdown in the like in you know end of the first hour of Smackdown people would have gone nuts yeah exactly if, if people had... just knew who yeah. those two guys 
are a bit more. That's it. If the audience were into the guys themselves, mm. they, so they therefore would have been into all the spots as well. And I think that is why 205 Live, it's not getting the aplomb that it possibly deserves because it doesn't. It just doesn't have an audience that particularly cares. For example, mm. during that match, after those big spots, when the chance of this is awesome happened, they sound so quiet, to your mm. point, because it's in a large arena and not everyone is doing it. So then it just sounds like five lads are doing it. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like... I mean, you're saying it's awesome, but it doesn't sound like it's awesome. No, only exactly. Five, yeah. Only five of you out of 25,000 people think, or 15,000 people think it is. Well, exactly. And I think that the other problem is that because people don't if you've paid to go to this event some people just write it off like I know for a fact that when I've been to see Raw before I have if it's a match if someone comes out and I'm like no, I'm not bothered about watching that go get a beer go get a beer go get a beer and then come back because it's better to do it when there's not a break you know yeah. go and do it in a match because there's less people getting the beers so exactly. you go get a beer so why you get, why you get you a five go, guys when main events on yeah, exactly. if you just go okay well Buddy Murphy I don't know who he is Mustafa Ali I've seen him on Wrestlemania or whatever not that bothered get a beer exactly yeah and, and you that, just missed yeah and but what did you miss something utterly incredible yeah you missed a really really good match mm. and it's um it's, it's amazing as well because two or five live off, often starts with these crowd shots like it says like you know welcome to the most exciting era of wwe tv or what have you always people filing out the arena like yeah, i don't know yeah. why they always film all these like people just leaving just make it its own thing it just it, needs it, to well, be its own thing yeah. it needs to have also i'd love to see it have pay-per-views i would love to see it do the opposite program to take over and when you know, so maybe because t- takeovers normally before the big four and all that kind of stuff. Like, let's just have two o five in front of the other ones. Yeah, or feature them more on shows. Like, have let them mm. have raw matches and not do what they did last time. Because unfortunately, I think the cruiserweight two o five live has still got the stink of it of the old two o five live, which was when they were on Raw mm. having three minute matches that no one cared about, which is. Uh, understandable because it's a three minute match like yeah. it's hard to get into three minute matches they weren't showing any of the characters they were just here's a bunch of lads they do some flips yeah. and you got you get that for three minutes and then they're out the way don't what don't bother watch 205 live because there's now it's on it yeah now the show since triple h has taken over and they've moved away from the enzo amore thing they're like no well, let's make this <laughs> a, a wrestling show made for wrestling fans mm. That's not the main WWE audience, but there is a portion of that WWE audience that would like to see mm. wrestling that aren't getting it on Raw and SmackDown. And you could uh, in, entice those people to either buy that, you know, subscribe into the network, and watch the show. I think you drop the live thing, and I think yeah, like they, absolutely rename it as well. I don't think two hundred five live. Like no one, I, like no one really knows what the two hundred five means. To like obviously, it's the weight limit, but people don't care. You could call it the cruiserweight belt without going. There's a really strict weight limit. I don't think anyone's going to be like. No one's going. Well, you're too small to be the heavyweight champ. Like you yeah. know, obviously the championships are now world and or WWE and Universal. But give give the belt some sort of different name instead as well. I like don't. Let's not make it about weights or classes or whatever. It's about high flying. Give the show a more you know poppy name. Yeah. Don't film it live. Film it at full sale. Have a new belt have a new title and the last thing I I was saying as well it would probably be cheaper like doing a block booking of tapings like they do with NXT would save them so much money because you're not flying these lads out to do Mm. the the live tapings for the show also you're not broadcasting it live and you've got time to edit things as well and you could make a more polished show out of it and you'd have a much hotter crowd but then then that's the thing and then they can still do they can still fill that extra hour in the Smackdown recording yeah like so when you just don't have to film that bit. You just, you know, you can still have those guys come out, and but then people might actually know who they are because they're seeing them in this other show that's well produced. Yeah, and doesn't have a really flat audience. It doesn't feel like it's just, nothing's happening. If you are a first-time viewer to this show, Crap Gimmicks is our fun little segment where you, the audience, the SWAF Nation, get in touch with us and let us know your crap gimmicks that you want us to sign to Crap Gimmick Wrestling. So far, we've had a good slew of suggestions. We had some incredible suggestions last week, including Haiku and uh, all these other great ones. There's been really, really great stuff over the last few weeks. But if you do want to send me your crap gimmick, it's Luke at WrestleTalk.com. But remember, as I always say, I've got a huge backlog of them, so if I don't get to yours, it's because I'm trying to work through the backlog. You've got a backlog. I've got a, such a backlog. Mm-hmm. Um, and no doubt that once this episode goes live, I'll have another 100 come through. So I will get through to them. But what I have found is a bit of a bit of housekeeping in terms of when you're coming up with your character name. A common trend, uh, a common pitfall that people often walk into 
Is it is, name first, then try and work out what the gimmick well, is? I don't think that's necessarily an issue. Also, if you are new, crap gimmick is something like you are a wrestler and a blank, or, or you know, 90s WWF. What people tend to do is they try to write these heel characters based on things that they personally don't like. And a way to make sure you know they're a heel is to put the third on the end. So you give them a name, mm. and then you put the third. Just by putting the third makes them Why a heel. Why posh people are heroes? <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> They're the people that rule everything. Ergo are the best people. Yeah. The dirt. <laughs> Case in point, Dan Hewer has sent in Hugo J. Zachary the third. He is a hipster and hails from Soho. That's an area in London where hipsters essentially live. Do you think that means... Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wears flannel shirts with braces and tight denim jeans with Doc Martin boots and uh, lensless thicked rim glasses. He has a man bun... I'm just going to use man bun. He's written a man bug. A man bun and a thick beard. He also carries a certain coffee shop mug down to the ring with him. His music is some obscure folk song that he changes every time it starts to get over. He's all about the grams, even posting pictures of fallen rivals. His finisher is a basic DDT, which he has given a ridiculous ridiculously elaborate name he ends all of his promos by screaming his catchphrase i am not a hipster now to me this just seems down that you hate hipsters yeah i'm also going to say factually uh he hails from soho not traditionally the hipster area of london uh that being Cam- shoreditch, shoreditch or camden or camden camden's more like a punk rocky area shoreditch is the hipster area soho <laughs> is the gay area <laughs> so i mean he's got the flannel shirt Hey man, I like a flannel shirt. Flannel shirt's <laughs> uh, yeah, the Doc Martens, the tight denim jeans. It's he's got the sort of he can fit in there as well. Yes, which is all I'm saying. Um, I yeah. It's, to be honest, this <laughs> I don't to me know what to make of it. Well, this, to me, like, this doesn't really feel like much of a gimmick. This is very much just I hate hipsters. Yeah. So I'm just going to write something that's really horrible against hipsters. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and you and the crowd will also hate them. Because I don't like. Well, them. the problem is, what, like, if you were a hipster, I would say, like, he shouldn't be shouting. He's not a hipster. He he should just be living it in that sense. Like, if he's going to be an actual hipster, come down to the ring and say everyone's move. You did it first. You were into that move. Yes. You were into that move when it like in 1990 or whatever. Like that kind Love of thing. Like, that yeah. Um, that's that's more I like the idea of the song changing I like the idea of like every time it starts to get over you that, don't yeah. like it like any of that stuff like it's it's playing on the expectation of the the hipster to not like things if other people like them so mm-hmm. that's he almost shouldn't like himself if he ever gets over that kind of thing that yeah. you need to take it to that nth degree yeah and I think that's where the gimmick sort of falls down is that you haven't come up with an idea for reasons why people hate them other than the fact he has a man bun and drinks from Starbucks I, I guess or he drinks coffee he wouldn't drink from Starbucks, not hipster <laughs> these days. Not... Oh yeah, it's fast. It has to be. It has, it has to be an indie, an independent, uh, little independent label. All right, mind yeah, your tea. Cheers, <laughs> myself. Uh, George McCall <laughs> has emailed in his crab gimmick. My idea is a tag team. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so this one's quite confusing, but bear with me. The first man on the team is called Gug. He was picked on all of his life because he's the world's smallest giant. He's around five foot ten and spent his entire life as an <coughs> outcast because all other giants called him shorty, but all the normies called him a tall freak. He was friendless all his life until he met a kindred spirit in wrestling, wrestling school, also named Gug. However, the capital G is at the end, which he said you may notice that it's Gug spelt backwards, G-U-G. Um, and this Gug, with the capital G at the end, was also shunned by society due to being the world's tallest midget, around 5 foot 10. Not sure midget is the uh, politically correct term. The two instantly bonded over this and formed the unstoppable tag team Little and Large. Their finisher is a giant swing into a small package. This is melting my melon, man. (laughs) (laughs) What is this? Um... Why is he getting called? Why are the normies calling him a tall freak? Well, at this five is, foot ten. I mean, I'm five foot ten. Ain't no one calling me tall. Mm. Like uh, no one yeah. in this world is saying that I am a giant. <laughs> five foot ten. Like is my, tiny. my 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 wife is five foot. She's probably about the only person in the world who goes like, "You're a bit tall." <laughs> I'm, 10, I'm nearly <laughs> yeah. a foot taller than her. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's. <clears throat> it's kind of like it's it's a really odd idea. I kind of like it though. This idea of being the world's smallest giant and the world's tallest midget I think it's I think it's better as it's better as a solo thing I think it's it's almost like it's almost the Bob Holly gimmick but oh, it, the big the, shot the, yeah well, well no I mean like the 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 being a super heavyweight yeah thing. yeah like, yeah yeah carrying yeah so carrying 
carrying your scales down, being like, oh, no, I'm, I actually weigh this much. But obviously, more that was more lying. Yeah, I'm but, the same height as the yeah, big. I show. like the idea yeah. of being. Yeah, I'm the same height as like just or just having blind belief that you are. Yeah, is is actually better than being five, being no builders five foot ten and the world's smallest giant. Like you should just believe you are a giant. Yeah, I think much better. <laughs> yeah, not that- as crap. But much exactly, better. yeah, that might just be a gimmick. It is crap. It is, yeah. So, and finally, from Nathan, we have the video man with VCR, which is his manager, Vic C. Roberts. The video man is an 80s, 90s inspired video rental <coughs> shop worker dressed in various 80s and 90s movies t shirts with a smock vest on top with his name badge, the video man, ripped jeans, and a pair of scruffy Converse. No idea who uh, could look something like that in this studio. Mm-mm. Not that I'm wearing Converse at the moment. He has short spiky hair in a classic 90s style with frosted tips think randall from clerks meets randy from scream um great two great films if you've not seen them vixie roberts better known by his unwanted nickname vcr is his stooge and a mere jobsworth kind of employee he has this smart he has smart hair smart pants smart shoes and shirt tucked in with his vest buttoned up he follows video man around trying to do what he can to be more cool and he carries a remote control around in his belt so Video Man's entrance starts with a video. It's an alarm clock sounding, and the Video Man then hops up out of bed and is in his ring gear. The video then freezes, and someone has pressed tracking to try and fix it, and then his music comes in and all sounds all warped. and sound like you used to get funny on a VHS. He then walks to the ring, followed by VCR, and his finisher is the blockbuster for obvious reasons. When a match isn't going his way, he rewinds the match by signaling to VCR to press rewind on the remote control so he can try and do it better <laughs> again. This seemingly refreshes him to his previous state. If he is finding he can't be bothered, e.g. because it's meant to be his day off, I'm not supposed to be here today, he gets VCR to hit fast forward on the remote control, which often uh, to try and get the match end quickly, so he'll go for his finisher early, but that often results in a fail. I like the I like the remote bit. I yeah. think that's quite fun. I like the entrance. It's definitely it's a very indie uh, style thing to just be like, let's just redo and then just rewind yeah. everything. I like, I like that's quite fun. Re- yeah, that would work really nicely. You have turned repeating spots into an art form. Yeah, <laughs> just keep doing it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really nice actually. Doing things like you also you could have it with VCR on the outside. Like if he does a really big impressive move, VCR would be like, oh, do it again and holding the remote almost like a manager would be, and like mm. stay on him, stay on him, do it again, do it again, and he could do the big move again and knock his opponents down. And as I said, I. I really like the entrance idea. We like the tracking and the, mm. the VCR sounds. You can hear the clunk of the VCR going, and oh, I miss that sound. They would, and then the yeah. pressing the play, like you know, and everything going up. And he said like his catchphrase can be "be kind, rewind," and all that sort of stuff. There's and- a lot of thought gone into a lot of it. Except the man's name. Which is just the video, <laughs> the video man. The video man. Yeah, it does need a better name. He would be better off as Vixie Roberts. Yeah, yeah Vixie Roberts. As, yeah, and, then, him. and then the other guy can be like, given a real dweeby name. Like, yeah, a, like a just... typical like an 80s, 90s dweeb. But he doesn't need a manager. He could just have the remote himself. Like, it doesn't, oh, you know. no, I quite like the idea of the manager. What, someone else controlling it completely? Yeah. Mm. You know, it's sort of like... The it, viewer. Someone, you could just give it to someone from the audience <laughs> who's a stooge and then they could yeah. just do it, you know. So I, I, I really like the video man. I don't... I do think he needs a better name, and that's something that maybe we can work on. But as it stands, of the crop that we've been given today, I think it's the best of the three, and, oh, I'd, be, yeah. and I'd be quite happy to sign the video man to Crap Gimmick Wrestling. So, I would sign the video so man. we are going to sign him. We've officially shaken it now, and he signed. And finally, it's the mailbag. If you've got your questions or you want to send any questions to us, all you have to do is become a pledge hammer by pledging to us on Patreon at any level you want. Doesn't matter what level you are at. You can put something, you can put a question up on our wicked community we've got over there, and we will read it out in the Saturday Wrestle Ramble. Dun, 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 dun. Much like this lad here, Connor Curran. You're trapped on a desert island with four wrestlers. Who do you want and why? Who do I want? Now, this is an interesting one because he hasn't specified, like, what that you're doing on the desert island. Yeah, are with they these wrestling or are they, they just keeping me alive? Exactly. Or, or are they there to keep me company? Yeah. Because if they're keeping me company, that's very different to who I might want if they're just put on wrestling matches. Although if you're seeing only four people doing the same, they might just end up doing the same matches over and over mm. again. I'm going to assume that it's for survival purposes. Mm, okay. And I'm going to pick, uh, pick number one, mm-hmm. Braun Strowman. Yep. Because if there's anything dangerous... I mean, he is a woodsman. He will have... Yeah, and also, yeah, he is a woodsman. (laughs) (laughs) By by his own admission, I will have that man because he will scare off anything 
Yeah, that's um, very true. Actually, yeah, if yeah. like any dinosaurs come up to you on exactly. this desert island, exactly. If it's Kong Island, <laughs> yeah, Skull, Skull Island, Island. <laughs> Skull Island, then yeah, they'll sort that out. <laughs> then his big T Rex code run. Yeah. Bro, it's alright, mate. Matter. All right, all right. Mate. calm down. It's with tiny hands. <laughs> calm down. So, sorry. Uh, okay, so Braun's. So a good I've got pick. Braun Strowman. Uh, what else do I want? Yeah, I th- I say I've I came at this from a very different angle. Yeah, because I didn't come at this from a wrestling angle either. I came at this like who I would have the most fun with, which mm. isn't too dissimilar to the question we've had in previous weeks about who would be on your pub quiz team. Yes, and my first thought instantly, my first thought was like, I, and I always go to this one, Ember Moon. Because mm. she plays D and D, which means we could just play D and D. Just play D and D. That one is of, a great choice. Exactly, because we one of us can we can play jun- change dungeon master. We can mm. all come up with our own quest. That will fill so much time because you can play D and D for weeks on end and never get anywhere. Absolutely. If I was gonna, uh, yeah, and I think if that was it, it was people who could keep you company. I would make my next two choices would probably be then Kevin Owens because I think he's just fantastically funny and such an interesting guy and then Xavier Woods as well for the exact same reasons yes that's a great shout both of them I think would be like endless company yeah Woods I was going to say it was going to be in my party as well what a great guy he would have Mm. like be to have around like he would just be all this fun all this energy and all this excitement like you'd never get bored (laughs) no absolutely so yeah so those are definitely two people that I would have on my island with me so who else I can't think of anyone else that plays D&D I mean Woods would easily get into it Yeah, I don't know if he does play um, Dungeons and Dragons but He'd some, he seems like the sort of person that would be very open to the idea but of... Who's going to be Dungeon Master, Luke? Who's going to be Dungeon Master? I would definitely pick Xavier Woods. Like Xavier Woods, yeah. yeah. I don't know uh, if... I mean, I've never asked him. I mean, I've never met her before. But it would be my first question. If I ever got the opportunity to interview Ember Moon, it mm. would be... A, favourite class. <laughs> B, favourite race. Ranger. <laughs> and C... Have you, like, are you a good DM? Like, what kind of DM are you? Are, are you chaotic neutral? Are you? Uh, are you chaotic? <laughs> You've gone way in depth there. Are you chaotic neutral? <laughs> everyone, everyone is chaotic neutral because it's much easier. <laughs> you don't have to decide if you're good or evil. No, you just crack on. You just crack on. Just, and there's a win. And then the excuse you. is, well, I just did what I felt like, I and just, that's what it says in the book. It says that in the book. I've seen it in the player's handbook. You just do that. It's fine. Um, so I'm trying to think. Who, so you've got one more name to pick. I do. Braun's a really good... In fact, I'm going to take Braun on mine as well for the same reasons of like almost a protective... Mm. Almost like your protective guard dog. Really. Yeah, so that's like, the thing. is that I don't, I don't want to... like. I don't know, because he like... <sighs> I don't want to be like, oh, I'm now picking a woman because... Because you haven't got one. Well, because I haven't got one. Uh, and also because if we're trapped on an island and you're going through all the things, we can start a society. <laughs> yes. I don't want to do that, Ooh, but yeah. I will. Sasha Banks, because I love her. <laughs> so, <laughs> and in, which, in which case, then I'll, I'll pick the person I'm really into at the moment. I really like, and I just think she just seems really nice. It's Dakota Kai. Oh, I think, uh, Dakota I think Kai. she could be lovely to She's hang too around. nice. She's too nice. She's too, oh, no, you're she right. you all killed. She's too nice. Would all end up dead. Yeah, that's at least the thing. With, at least like, with Emma Moon, we she's can't a, eat that. <laughs> at least with Emma Moon, she's a war goddess. Yeah, exactly. Like, she'll be there with Braun scaring off the T Rex. Well, unless she's such a war goddess that she starts a sort of Lord of the Flies <laughs> separate oh, society. Oh, no, she's that one. And then you get to be piggy. <laughs> That's a great deep hole from Lord of the Flies. There's not enough chat on Lord of the Flies on a wrestling show. No, there's not. (laughs) Um, Just make sure you've got the conch at all times. (laughs) I went to see a play of that once. My uh, local, like a local Amdram production Mm. of Lord of the Flies. And the kid who played... Because it's Ralph is the guy with the conch, and he's the one who's yeah, like the orig- lead, the original leader, leader yeah. before the other like tribe sort of split away. But what's the and it's Piggy the lad? Piggy's who, the lab of the glasses who falls off he the fall, thing, and, yeah. he, and he's uh, spoilers is the one that gets killed. Yeah, but he had this voice. He's like Ralph, we've got to have rules, Ralph. That voice is stuck in my head. <laughs> I saw that when I was like sixteen. Oh. I'm thirty-two, and I can still picture that guy up on stage because me and my mates were laughing about it for weeks on end. Oh. Blessed, shouldn't uh, laugh at Lord of the Flies. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. It's, it's a tragic tale. It's definitely that's definitely not what William <laughs> Golding had in mind. It's like, well, this would be a funny romp for school children to laugh at in years to come. It's fine; they all get off in the end, except Piggy. <laughs> this is our. Right, uh, so this is from James J. Dillon. Uh, watching the second season of Glow, brackets highly recommended, and really felt that Keir Stevens, who plays Welfare Queen and is probably better known to wrestling fans as the former Awesome Kong and Karma in WWE, has really emerged as a great actress. I wasn't sure how she would fit in, as she's the only trained wrestler in the cast of actors and actresses but i really enjoyed watching her have you seen glow i've seen the first series i haven't started watching the second yet oh it's uh, great 
I yeah, I haven't got around it's to it. It's really, really. I really good. loved the first season. First season um, was so awesome. Like I, I loved the first season anyway. And mm. then they had a section where they were training to Dare by Stan Bush off the Transformers oh, soundtrack, yeah, I was and that was like, yeah. yeah, well, obviously this is now the best. I believe you can survive. I was like, well, clearly this is the best show that Netflix have ever done. Yeah, <laughs> and also because the the theme music is Warrior. Yes, the Warrior, and it's ah oh, great. What well, so what I think scandal. I think it's a tremendous show. And I agree with James Dillon as well that I think that Kia Stevens, she's got a really great episode in season two mm. where they very much address the, uh, the, the racism around the character of Welfare Queen. And it's a really... And they sort of do a lot of duality between that and um, Debbie as Southern Belle. Mm. No, I can't remember what her character's name is now. Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell, thank you. Well done. You could tell that I've been watching this recently. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and I haven't. <laughs> exactly. Funny that. Yeah. Um, so they did, like, there was lots of good duality stuff with that, and she is really, really good. I mean, you'd expect wrestlers to be good actors, because essentially mm. they are acting at the moment. Yes. But we've seen a lot of wrestlers go into films and not be good. Well, she was interesting in the first season, because she was obviously, like not really main cast and but she everything she was in she was fantastic in and she like as you would expect a wrestler to do did the character perfectly yes um and yeah it would be i i'm i'm looking forward to seeing this obviously like her a bit more coming to the fore in in season two so i'll definitely be watching that absolutely and if you want to see more or hear more from her she did a really interesting interview with mark Merrin on his wtf podcast Mm. Uh, mark Merrin, who's in glow he plays the guy who's like he's the director they do a really really good like retrospective of her career Mm. um because mark Merrin, not a wrestling fan and like almost like on on set learned that she was a wrestler and was like oh wow let's just sit down and you can tell me your stories because Mm. then she tells him stories like wow really is that what happens in wrestling? It's, it's fascinating to hear a non-wrestling fan interview a wrestler about the you wrestling that, world. Yeah. It's really, really good. The show's cool, I think, just because it's so it's it's the right level of reverent for the business, and but also willing to expose backstage bits and and I think because obviously yeah they weren't mega successful in the beginning, all this other stuff, and yeah. it's it's it's. A very interesting look at very, wrestling, very yeah. a specific era of wrestling as well. It's exactly, super yeah. cool. And I don't know if it is still on, but the Netflix did do a documentary about the actual. Uh, I watched that, yeah, yes, which is excellent. It's yeah. really, really good. That's very emotional towards the end. Yeah, um, Ivory, uh, the reunion and stuff in that. Yeah, is, yeah. Oh, I've, I've, WWE Hall of Famer Ivory was a she was a Glow alumni. She was that's where she got her start. Um, and it's uh, if you can if that documentary is still on Netflix, I would also highly recommend that. And if you're not watching Glow, get on it. It's really, really great. Not just because Stan Bush's uh, Dare is in there, but mostly, but mostly because you just get to see an extra montage. And that's a montage with Carlito as well. Mm. I think it's Carlito and John Morrison. They're the two wrestlers. Oh yeah, and Christopher a- Daniels is in it at one point, isn't he? Yeah, Alex yeah. Riley is in mm. there. Alex Riley gets to do some acting. Mm. He gets to do some acting uh, in the. Joey trailer. Ryan was in it, wasn't he? At some yes, Joey Ryan was in it as well. Appearance. Yeah, uh, Carlito plays the brother of one of the uh, wrestler, the female wrestlers in Glow, because she, her family are all wrestlers, so mm. like, they they always look to her for, like how to actually be wrestlers. Um, but lastly, we've got this email in from Chris Smith. Is there a universally beloved wrestler that either you are just not a fan of? Or or don't get the appeal of. To level the playing field, and this is where, um, you know, I've loved to start to boil a bit, I will confess I'm not a huge fan of Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ooh. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to get heat or be a contrarian. <laughs> I respect that he's one of the best in the world and is clearly a megastar, but for some reason I've never been able to invest in him fully. I'm not sure if it's more my fault than his, but I just don't get him. What in your mind, uh, uh, with that in mind, who do you guys, quote, just not get? Like Hiroshi Tanahashi is a man that just for his hair alone you should think is the best man in the world because he's got the most luscious hair of anyone there's this, an amazing twitter thread i wish i could find it again it made me laugh of um is a woman who had never seen wrestling before never mm. had, like you know barely heard of wrestling and she found a picture of hiroshi tanihashi and was just like oh my god this guy has had every hairstyle i've ever had <laughs> but has done it so much better than i ever did <laughs> and people were just sending her pictures of hiroshi tanihashi like this guy is an idol like, look at his hair. <laughs> Yeah, it should be a model for Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> so, is there a universally beloved wrestler that you are just not a fan of? Oh, it's an interesting one because there are like in the comments I see there are a lot of people who really don't like Daniel Bryan or really don't like Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, and they are just I like can see. I can see why. Yeah, uh, Nakamura in particular because I think there was he came in with such like 
such buzz and mm. such anticipation and people didn't a lot of people didn't watch him in NXT people didn't watch him in New Japan and they just saw him when he got to the main roster yes, and just heard yeah. all of this like hype and anticipation around it and then he had a pretty rough first year he was flubbed on the on the main roster exactly. but he was fantastic in NXT and he was fantastic in New Japan exactly right? and I, but I think that's now sort of tainted a lot of people's views on what mm. Shinsuke can do and it's just like I just think he's overrated yes. and he is I mean almost by his own admission playing a very much a downplayed version of Shinsuke like he is he went to WWE because he doesn't have to stay at the same level he was at in New mm. Japan when he was working at a 10 all the time now he could just work a 5 yeah, he could yeah. just work a 5 or even a 4 and a 3 at all times and then a pay, can't you get to pay view and work a 6 well, that's and, and that's is, fine yeah. you don't yeah. want to just spend your life getting stiffly kicked to the back well, do you? Exactly, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's what New Japan is it's just going just have that go on exactly. he's at a certain age now and he's like you know what mm. I just don't want to be headbutted by Ishii anymore it's just like <laughs> yeah, it's, fine. It's, it's too much not everyone wants to it's cool, man. <laughs> exactly. it's cool. take it easy take a load off <laughs> <Get that> WWE. <laughs> just going to take it easy there for yeah. a little bit so I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if there's a university below loved wrestler i mean i've said this before and i've drawn some heat from this but akada doesn't really do it for me Mm. i appreciate and i've always said he is clearly the best wrestler in the world i you know critical acclaim he is clearly the best wrestler in the world there's no arguing against that Mm. really or you know if he's not the best he is among the top five but for me he does very little for me like I don't get, I get more invested in the people that he's facing off against than I do Akada himself. Yeah. Like I was more into Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. I was more into Kenny Omega. I was more into Tanahashi. All of these opponents he had, even when he was against Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. earlier this year, I was more into those guys than I was against Akada. Mm. But having said that, whenever you get blank versus Akada, I'm like, oh, cool, I want to see that match. Oh, it's going to be a great match. It's going to yeah. be a great match. So clearly there is something that he does. So clearly you're wrong. So, yeah, I mean, so, so you say. Oh, 100% yeah, yeah. I am wrong. And it's nothing to do with him and it's all to do with me. Mm. But if you do say like, it is like if for example they announce tomorrow Matt Riddle is versing Akada I'm like sweet I'm in I'm so in because I love Matt Riddle and I would love to see him have a match with Akada mm. you know if they announced Keith Lee versus Akada I'd have been all over it so I, I think Akada is the name I'm going to go with because I don't think there is really any other universally beloved wrestler that I'm not that into there's a few people like for different reasons that well mostly just because I don't think like Matt Hardy I think is one that I've oh, yeah, spoken about before. Yeah, that's actually a very good shout. Matt Hardy, I, 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 I don't get it. Like I, I, I liked what he was doing with the character, and I love all the sort of meta stuff. But he's not doing that anymore, and he's not a very good wrestler anymore. Sadly, yeah, he has slowed down a lot. And he, but he, but the thing is, even when the Hardys were a thing, he wasn't the most interesting Hardy. There's only well, two yeah. of them. <laughs> like you know, sadly, he, he's never been the big ticket item, and I find billing him as this big ticket item has never quite work. I mean it's better than believing as Matt Hardy comma the less interesting Hardy <laughs> yes, the less, coming out as the less interesting Hardy <laughs> should have been his gimmick instead of V1 yeah. uh, Matt Hardy is actually a really good shout I took a lot of heat earlier this mm. year when I thought that I didn't think that the deletion match that they did with Bray Wyatt was I thought it was fine that's where it all came from I thought it was fine your catchphrase My, I thought it was just plain fine a three out of five segments mm. that's up you know and it, and it was fine but I drew quite a bit of heat for that but when it comes to Matt Hardy I always think about like I don't see that Matt I see Wrestlemania X7 Matt Hardy I see Wrestlemania 2000 SummerSlam mm. 2000 Matt Hardy that's where my mind instantly goes so I think that's probably why Matt doesn't pop into my head when this sort of question comes up. Mm. But I am more into that Matt Hardy than I am this Matt Hardy. Yeah, this current iteration, I'm not into it. But I think that's he's become universally beloved recently. Yes. I think that's kind of, you know, so Actually, I, I find the, it very hard to get into. That's the same with Jeff, I suppose. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I think Jeff's, Jeff's an incredible wrestler and he's very, very good. But I'm less excited about Jeff Hardy matches than I would have been 10 years ago, yeah. 15 years ago. I don't, I, again, I don't... I view him as sort of a, an old school WWE star and mm. obviously he'll always get championships and that but as a singles competitor I'm not that bothered I think I, he yeah. works better in chaos as well like he, he always looks better in matches where there are more people and more stuff happening and yeah. you know like they're, they're, I think they're both of them their reintroduction at Wrestlemania where they won the titles in that ladder match was like oh this is a really cool homecoming but it works because there's so many other things going on that you can kind of cover up all the bits where the Hardys, you know, might just be doing the same old bits over yeah, and over again. Exactly. Yeah. My Matt, Matt's my worst, my my worst Matt Hardy thing of all time is the clothesline bulldog in the corner. Yeah. I just 
I just really hate it. I really hate it. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, it's the turn he does. It's that's, that's the most annoying bit. It's the clothesline, then, and then <laughs> off he runs. Um, yeah, I, I thought the only other name I can think of that is, I do think it is mostly universally loved, um, is The Miz. Mm. So I think that The Miz is a great promo. I think The Miz is a great heel. Mm. But I am never excited for a Miz match. Um, and actually, I mean, I've, I've, been, I've said this on the Wrestle Ramble Extra as well, although I've, I'm starting to turn a bit of a corner on this one. I, w- I was also saying about Triple H when I was a teenager as well and mm. when I was a kid. Oh, like, I've never got Triple H. Yeah, I've, I, I, clearly, and I've always said that he is an incredible wrestler. He is someone who can map out a story and tell a mm. story so well in the ring. But I never get ex- I never get excited for a Triple H match. Of all the matches on a card, mm. it'll be the one I'm less interested well, the in. The problem with Triple H is because also he's always sort of been the heel and he always does slowing it down as his heel work so yeah. it, it, you watch it and you're like well he's just gonna do a bit where it drags out for ages yeah his match like, with okay. seth rollins at wrestlemania a couple was it last year yeah and not the right match and you not just the right know time. yeah exactly you just kind of know what's going to happen in the sense that like and you know that for a bit of it you're going to be like come on the other guy like and just yeah. sitting there going i can't wait for this to kick off again but then conversely the mania match this year mm. was just out it was outstanding and that was all and you could tell it was all him and Angle <coughs> kind of like mapped this whole thing out and said yeah. we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this and it was just like it's one of my favorite matches of the year mm. like, like that for me i think is probably one of the best things wwe has done like that's easily within the top five possibly the top three i yeah. thought it was absolutely terrific but it's the hottest of hot tags though is that <laughs> i guess that's the thing is like they they worked the beginning so well that yeah. you were like and also you know triple h doesn't come out as, as much anymore so you it when you see him in the ring you do get excited again because you're like oh good it's nice to see him out but you're not bored of him because he's not out every week yes um and yeah it's just and also same with angle like seeing him in the ring again even if he yeah. can't move <laughs> well, if, like, from yeah. basically from the top of his head to where his legs begin it doesn't really he's he's only yeah. got he's only got two articulating parts now <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like a really rubbish action figure yeah yeah, yeah. so that's it but um other than that, yeah, it was great. Yeah, so I, I think there are there are some people that I, like, for example, at the Greatest Royal Rumble when they announced, like one of the big marquee matches they announced was John Cena versus Triple H, and I was like, eh. yeah, it's like the Australia show later this year. The big marquee match they've announced that is John is uh, Triple H versus the Undertaker, and I'm eh. yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, and and which is bizarre because you look at their two WrestleMania matches that they had, technically three were awesome yeah. like really like that Hell in a Cell match is phenomenal it's such a great match and the match at Wrestlemania X7 is overlooked because the other two matches are so good that really I should be like oh man that's going to be great it's difficult isn't it because you know they're being trotted out for the nostalgia yes and so you also know that as older guys they're not they're not going to go above and beyond because mm. they don't need to like you just need to see the Undertaker do a couple of things you know, walk, like, walk the ropes. Yeah, yeah. Walk, if you can, <laughs> please. <laughs> but yeah, like if you can do a couple of things, great. But if you yeah. can't, then don't. Walk Definitely the don't dive to the outside, Undertaker. <sighs> do not. Yeah. Not yours. <laughs> so those are a couple of names. Um, but I think Akado would be the one that I'd pick as my like as clearly the most universally loved. Um, yeah, I've, well, I've said it, Matt but, Hardy before. But again, that is all on me as yeah. opposed. And I am. I, that is, that's no in no way, shape, or form because it's Shakira Carter's fault. My controversial hot take. <sighs> Yeah. Cody. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Cody. Uh like his I like 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 the character of Cody. I just in the ring that he doesn't excite me at all. Watching Cody's a bit just dry, I find. I was always the same way actually. When everyone kept telling me when he was in WWE and stuck in the mid card or lower mid card, everyone was like, Oh, if, if Cody could just get a push. Mm. Like he could be the next big star and I was like, I never saw it. Does He's got the personality of a big star though, and I think that's what whole, that's what props him up is that he he embodies the big star yeah I just don't think like, he, and he's got better since he's gone on the indie scene he's actually That's like it, yeah. his, his work is better I just don't find him mega interesting yeah like, I think as, he, as a businessman incredible and as, yeah. like, and as a wrestler really really good as well mm. and I, it is it took me a little while to warm to him on the indies mm. because I was still in that very much like oh, I didn't really see it when you were in WWE mate because yeah. you were always cutting those really weird promos so I didn't really see it there but now the longer he's been in the out of WWE I'm more like no he's really really good he's certainly mm. not in my top 10 favourite wrestlers in the world no but he is very very good I just don't I don't, I don't I, yeah. I like him more for his his drive and his ambition to show that he, uh, there mm. is a world outside WWE yeah. and all in and things like that. I love that about Cody, but I'm you know I I I'm yeah not not going to be the first person to buy a pay per view because he's in the main event. Well, absolutely not. And I think he's yeah again like he's he is a fantastic heel. 
and he is a good like he's a really solid promo and he, he does the whole character and all the booking and stuff is brilliant with him i just find the wrestling flat and it's almost like he's just he's just got to that megastar stage maybe too soon maybe deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.